We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We think this is episode 547. You guys listening can look at your phone and figure that out. We didn't want to take the extra five seconds to do that. Scott, we got Bob back. Scott, what's up? Uh, Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday. See, I'm all over the place. It's Sunday after the game. Yankees couldn't complete the sweep. How you doing? Good. Another uh, another series win. Again, my uh, my prediction of the Orioles losses is out the window, so it's uh, it's all good. We won the series. Name of the game. That's it. Just keep winning these series, uh, and they've done that for quite some time now. So, unfortunately, Jordan Montgomery couldn't back it up uh, to what he did with the Rays. I was looking forward to that. Plus, I was also looking forward to the Means Montgomery matchup. That didn't happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, they won the series at the end of the day. That is the important thing. Keep winning series, no matter who's out there, because this lineup's getting a little weird. No matter who's weird. out there, no matter who's out there it is really the takeaway from the weekend, because it was kind of like a spring training end of March lineup. They trotted out there on Friday 
when we had Hicks get scratched, Giancarlo get scratched, and then Gio's not in the lineup, I guess from his knee soreness from last yeah. weekend when he made that diving play. But if Gio saves the game, saves the series, frankly, with that three-run home run, because if he doesn't pinch hit and hit that home run, it's a totally different weekend. Yeah, then they lose two of three and they don't win the series. So yes, totally different weekend then and it doesn't you know continue the streak of winning these series or, or not losing a series, I should say. Um, but that was one of those moves, man. It was one of those moves where I don't know what, what made Boone do that, what made Boone say, okay, he can't start, want to give him the day, but this is such an important moment. We think Gio has a good opportunity to do something here and put him out there, put the bat in his hands. And it was, Hold on. Uh, you, it you said it that to me, you text, you, you messaged us that and you were like, it was a decision that Boone made. What do you, of course you pinch it for Tyler Wade. What are you talking about? Because it's Aaron Boone. I, I, I mean, so you in, don't in think the day, can, no, I mean, you don't think he can look, read he a scoreboard? He had a day off. No, no, I don't think it's as, as clean cut as that. He had a day off. They were resting him. How many times do we see when there's a rest day? That's it. There's a rest day. That's, that is what it is. He didn't give him the full load of the day, but obviously felt good enough for him to go out there and swing the bat in a pinch hit situation. How many times do we hear so-and-so is available for a pinch hit situation? It never happens. It's just like a, well, a way of saying it's not that serious. That's that's kind of like the, the yes booth's way of saying, eh, he's there. It's Aaron Boone being able to deflect. He's there, but I will never happens, in a million years use him. And it happened. They used him. But if usually it happens, it happens in the eighth or ninth inning and the guy doesn't really play. Maybe he plays half an inning in the field or none at all if they're losing the game and he, and he pinch hits and then that's the end of the inning. I get what you're saying there because he or goes pinch- out to short. I mean, he goes out and plays. Uh, right. He know, played, plays a- end up playing four, four, four and a half innings, right? Or three and a half innings of after, after the pinch hit. You know, I, I understand that. I, he was trying to probably trying to steal, probably thinking, okay, we're, we're going into Baltimore. I don't need to put. I don't want to say a lineup because it's not an a lineup. I don't even need to put my C plus lineup out there. I can put my D minus D's get degrees lineup out there and try and steal a win. And then he had to come with geo geo, by the way, has just, he's so good. I don't want to say they're most, uh, consistent, most consistent. I think most consistent is easy. I think most consistent is probably the, the judge judges. Judge has the biggest numbers. Yeah, Stanton had the two-week hot streak, and then Gio's kind of just been steady Eddie there the whole time. Yep, for sure, for sure. And I mean, that was a big moment. And I, I look, I got to give as for as much as we're shitting on Boone in moments, I'm going to give him credit for this one because he did dust off the, uh, uh, you know, the old Gio with the with the the busted knee or the sore knee, and give a give him a bat and gave him the opportunity. So I like it. Well, so we said maybe he was trying to steal a win on Friday by resting guys. He also rested Chapman and it was a two days in a row situation because he didn't pitch on Thursday in Tampa because the Yankees got crushed. So they didn't need him. And I saw, I heard the excuse. I think Michael K said it on the broadcast when they, you know how they've been showing that like bullpen, like usage card or something where it yeah. has like a chart with each. I actually kind of like the chart. I think it's, I think it's useful, uh, but it's a good chart. But um, he said, Araldis Chapman had pitched four out of the last five days. That's true. He also, if you look at it a different way, had pitched two out of the last four days. Both are true. So I don't understand exactly why he needed to have two off days in a row there. Because they had Does, to use... Do you think this comes down to the load management as well? I mean, I think that I think that he saw an opportunity to give him a day off with, uh, you know, 
testing some other, I think throughout the season, first of all, you have to pressure test some guys and to see what they're, you know, what they're worth in different moments. So giving him an extra day, I don't hate it. I want Chapman, uh, you know, on top of his game. This, we we talked about it the last episode. There's a long stretch. This is a, a big road trip that they're about to be on. Want him fresh. Got no problem giving him an extra day when, when we're talking about uh, a Baltimore game. But now he has the whole weekend off because they didn't need him on Saturday or Sunday. And that's the risk you run when you do that. It's that you don't know what's going to happen on Saturday or Sunday. The exact situation that happened. You could win a game big and then you could lose a game and not need him. And then now he hasn't pitched four days in a row. So now they're likely going to have to get him in Monday's game no matter what the score is. Okay. Again, I I think when you're... you're when you're at Baltimore, one, it's it's uh, a low percentage opportunity chance that there's going to be a close game in the ninth inning. I just I feel like there aren't very many times that that actually With this is a team, thing. can you really confidently say that with I, this well, Yankees it, team this year? When they're hitting the ball, uh, then then yeah. But in Camden Yards, you gotta you gotta believe that they're going to hit the ball. This is what Boone does. I have no problem with the uh, with the, with the day off. Again, I think part of this is again some of this load management. He's been absolutely unbelievable. Give him an extra day. Who knows? He might have said something about it. Hey. Could use the day if could use the day if you uh, if you don't meet, need me tonight. Okay, that's obviously the caveat because he had something Chap- with his finger, right? We had uh, there was when you got pissed off the other night. There was yeah. something up with his fingernail or his finger. There well, was something that's going why on there. I Maybe was they're giving that thing an extra day. I was waiting for a post game tweet from one of the beat reporters with Boone saying, "Well, Chapman was dealing with a little something. We wanted to give him an extra." I was really waiting for that tweet because I thought that was going to be the situation. They ended up having to. I don't understand quite the the Peralta batter to batter in the ninth inning situation. Like, just give Loizaga the clean inning. He's been he's been excellent this season. So I, I, it's I don't it's not like an issue I have with Loizaga. I'm cool with him trying to close out a game, but just give him the clean inning. Yeah, um, they wanted to piece it together apparently, so it worked. So you're just like, yeah, whatever, it worked. Yeah, basically, series, when it works, I don't win, I, cares. When I when it works, especially against Baltimore, I don't question that much. To be honest, I I don't. I'm not. I'm not analyzing as much because well, I think it's Baltimore. You get what through it. You that? get through it, huh? What fun is that? It's it's fun because those are the games that you don't have to. You just have to watch with like a. Uh, you know, you don't have to watch with a magnifying glass against the Baltimore Orioles. That's my. That's my thing. When I'm looking at some of these other series, it's like I'll, I'll double. I'll double. I'll question Boone quite a bit. This is my opportunity now to like pump him up a little bit and give him some praise. This is my opportunity to do that. So <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna come with some Boone support. Because it's not going to probably last for that long, and it's here, you know. The Gio Urshela giving his guy an extra day, I like it. What a what a guy, what a player manager. Well, the Yankees got a situation going on in the outfield now that Hicks is on the shelf, and he might be out for an extended period of time. Torn tendon sheath in his left wrist. So sounds I had, ugly. I don't. The, anytime you hear like tendon and sheath, I, I don't like. It just doesn't. It sounds painful. So I had someone tweet me over the weekend um, a screenshot of what the injury is, and then underneath it, they were in a text message. They say it's with their dad, and their dad replied, "So it's like a nutsack for your wrist because the <laughs> she the sheath is like a protector for yeah. your wrist. So he tore the protector." protective tendon he tore his, for his he wrist. Tore his wrist his wrist sack <laughs> his wrist sack so and this is actually the injury mark Teixeira had in 2013 and that ended his season so this could be a season ender for Hicks yeah were there any was that the when Teixeira went down do you remember if that was a you know something that was off uh, or you know the 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 regular path of what a 
sheath tear is as far as you recovery, mean severity that, wise. Yeah, I don't know the article. I don't I remember read. this this being a you know, I didn't I didn't cover sheath in my uh, in my de- in my you know my degrees with my degrees. It didn't cover the sheath section of the wrist. Okay, I don't think that existed actually. That's I think it's in the back. You got to go to the index of the manual. Yeah, I think it's a new baseball sheath. thing. It's like the new age. You know, they're they're calling it. We just called it the wrist or skin. Well, so Mark Teixeira got a cortisone shot back then, and that didn't help him. And I think yeah. that's probably what they gave Aaron Hicks over the weekend. And then he took batting practice, and he said it was still hurting him. So I think they'll probably put him on the 10-day IL, see how he feels in 10 days. And if he still can't they, swing a bat, they did. they're going to have Didn't they put, already surgery. put him on the IL? I think no, no, that no, move they was did. They, that's what I said. They yeah. did put him on the end. So in 10 days, they'll have him swing a bat again. And if it's still bothering him, he's probably going to need surgery. Yeah. And that'll end his season. Yeah. So with... With Teixeira's situation, what happened to him, when you rotate your wrist, the tendon will snap in and out of the, sh- the sheath is gone. And so the tendon sheath just got damaged a little bit and they wanted to make sure that it was sitting right. But they said that if it doesn't get, if, if it doesn't heal itself, then you're kind of screwed and you got you to gotta wait for it to shift or like reheal. And the shift has to, I the shift so it's like there's shift? too much the, movement the in your wrist yeah. at that point? yeah. I think basically how many sheath she shells? If it doesn't, if it doesn't, shift? sorry. <laughs> no, I think basically if it doesn't fix itself, then you're kind of in some trouble. So I guess it's yeah. Just it's, a it sounds like it's a, it's a stabilizer for the wrist. Is kind of what it sounds like. I could be completely wrong yeah. here, but from what Bob no, just said about Tashera, it sounds like some some type of you know sleeve or some coating that that helps yeah. protect the wrist so it doesn't sack. come out of joint. It's a wrist yeah. sack. It's a wrist sack. No, so this is why they're going to see how he responds to it, but then surgery would be a while, in the words of Aaron Boone. And it's not like Hicks was performing great. He he wasn't. So it, when you just look at the baseball impact, it's not huge, but obviously this shifts guys around in the outfield because Clint Frazier has not been playing well. Brett Gardner has not been playing well. So now you have one outfielder down and then two outfielders that haven't been performing. And... You call Esteban up on Floriel is is looking over here with uh with you know he's got that he's got the, uh, the get hands to together gif going like there's my there's my this is there's my spot in center field that's my but he that's needs my time position he has he, I don't one think he game needs that in triple time, a but, yeah, but he needs he, he needs more than one game that obviously they're oh, going to give sure. him because they called up Ryan Lamar who I didn't know who this was before this afternoon so I forgot probably. about the signing when I when I looked back uh, I was like Lamar yeah. okay here we go someone they signed last December and they he's they added him to the 40 man. They didn't have to take anyone off. So it's an easy ad. I think he'll probably be here until Florial can come up. But people were mad. Like, why not give Estevan Florial the chance? And again, it's because he needs more time. And if they can get by for the next two weeks with Ryan Lamar, they got a LeMahieu and a Lamar, which is French Yankees, then they're going to do it. This was also an opportunity. It was easy, I think, because when there is another 40-man move made, Lamar's an easy DFA, right? I mean, a oh, simple yeah. simple write-off, and you he know, knows hit the it. street, go pick up somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. He, he knows he's right now playing for an opportunity somewhere else, most likely. And yeah, this does give Floreal um, uh, an opportunity to get a few games. I don't think, I think if they see him performing in like four, five games, four or five games a week, give or take, uh, I would not be surprised if he was up after that because that's he's, he's never played at AAA before though, Scott. Yeah, I know. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they need to wait with him for that long. I just I think that there's gonna be an opportunity if he's up there and he's playing well and there's a week 
two weeks, fine. I wouldn't be surprised if they called him up. If Hicks is is uh, has to go into surgery and there's a long-term thing here, I would okay, not be so surprised. So let's say Hicks is out for a long time. They've got Miguel Andujar, who started in left field on Sunday. And this is an Andujar opportunity as well. Like before oh, we absolutely. even get to before we even get to an opportunity that Estevan Florial, we think we'll have, this is Andujar's shot. We didn't think he was gonna get another shot. The and, Yankees and farm system is back, is. baby. <laughs> These are the guys we've been hearing about for so long. And Duhar gave us one a good year where he should have won the uh, rookie of the year and then disappeared off of the face of the earth. But we got Gio Urshela because of that. So there was somebody that that actually, you know, performed. Now Andujar is trying to Andujar uh Clint Frazier in left field so that he could take that spot. And Floriel is trying to Frazier uh Hicks You're all in over center the map. field. You're all Let's over go. the map. So, it's, so it's a resurgence from the uh from the old guard of the Yankees minor league system. And Duhar got Wally pipped by Gio at third base, right? Yes. And now and Duhar is trying to steal Clint Frazier's job that he barely has right now in left Correct. field. Yep. He has it by default. What about, because what no about the center field well. job, though? Because if Hicks is out, whose job is the center field job? I mean, I think it's a it's a rental at this point until Floriel's ready. Then Floriel, if Hicks is still out. I mean, obviously, if, if, if Floriel's out, that means Hicks is out. And that's that's the the path for, for me. If that's the case, then yes, full-on Wally Pup situation right now with uh, Esteban Florio going into center field. And actually, Andujar made a nice play heading back to the wall this afternoon, a play that I feel... Okay, knowing it was, it was you're, good. You're, you're shaking was your fun. head. Knowing what we know about Miguel Andujar's skills as a defender, that was an okay... That was a pretty good play for him. That's a play that he you, just gets scared of the wall and then like lets the ball clank off his glove. Well, let me, let me give you the other side of this. I don't think he realized he was as close to the wall as he was because he hit it pretty hard. So... <laughs> I think he, he got a little warning track is. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he looked down and saw the or felt it under his feet at that point. But it, he definitely did hit the wall pretty hard. Good play. I, I'm glad. Let's give him credit. He knew exactly <laughs> and, where that wall was. And then Clint Frazier's over in right field because Judge has been DHing because Giancarlo Stanton missed the entire weekend with a left quad tightness. Yeah. Oh, boy. Frazier Here hit a home run. He feels the heat. He knows Andrew is out there to take his job. That's the job. I mean, left field right now is up for grabs pretty much. And if Andujar can find, you know, a decent stroke, get a little bit of consistency there, one, we know that that bat exists. It's a matter of if he can play left field or not. So he sees over there, he sees Clint Frazier coming back in the in the field, getting that uh, getting that honorable mention for the, uh, the golden glove, and he's rejuvenated out and left. So Clint Frazier reportedly, not reportedly, he is changing his batting stance. He's lowering his hands. Again. How many times this guy changed his batting stance over the past year? Like whatever he did last year, twenty twenty worked. Like what's what happened there? Why did he Why did he tweak his batting stance in the off season? I don't know, man. He he's a hard one to figure out. I, I, it's really, really, really surprising to me that this that this drought has lasted as long as it has. I mean, it's been a it's been a long ass time. It's been all season, uh, and he has uh, not yeah, really it's been shown forty games. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't shown many much signs of actually coming out of it either. I mean, he had a home run today, but just just hasn't really shown anything that's even a a longer you know spurt of positivity at the plate. It's tough, tough, well, tough the, look for him. The thing is, believe it or not, we're actually twenty five percent of the way through the season. The season's a quarter over. Yeah, as of the fortieth game on Sunday, so we we all 
everyone likes to talk in baseball. Like they use June first as a as a milestone date, like before you can really make any conclusions. And fine, if you want to wait two more weeks. But I feel like we're at a sample size now where we can look at things and say this is either going one way or the other. Like it's a quarter of a season. That's a decent amount of time. I think the guys that that have for the most part come out of April and started to turn their seasons around because we saw, you know, again, it was it's pretty much a clear cut line here. April was terrible. May has been much better. And I think as we got out of that, uh, you know, that Cleveland series, you're starting to see people hit the ball a little better. There, you know, some guys have have come out of it, but Frazier has not. Brett Gardner has not. There have been he's getting worse. You know, Brett some, Gardner's getting worse. You could tell Brett Gardner's just old man at this point. Like the bat speeds, I think a lot lower. It is it, it seems slower. I, I haven't looked it up, but one more year is telling me one more year yeah. on his contract. Well, it's just a matter of you know those. He, the thing, what he's doing now is he's uh, a few times in the past few days is that you know he's hitting the hitting the ball off the end of the bat, flaring it the other way. He just doesn't have much there. Uh, he's still moving well, plays defense fine, can run the base as well. So, well, he's got we value are, as a defensive fourth outfielder, but the problem is is that there's a hole in the field right now. So, we are a quarter of the way through the season, and the Yankees' offense that we thought was going to be elite has been mediocre. They're ninth in baseball with a 101 WRC plus. That's basically league average, 1% above league average. But what's kind of telling about that is that they're ninth and their league average. It means 20 out of the 30 teams, two thirds of the league is below league average offensively, according to WRC plus. That kind of goes back to the episode I did with Eno Saris. Yeah. Offense has just disappeared in the game. And for the Yankees, we knew there weren't going to be a batting average team. They're hitting 223 as a team. Like, that's not that surprising. Like, we thought maybe it'd be, it, it can be a little bit better. But the surprising thing is they're only slugging 380 as a team. And the, the reason that they have the, their 22nd in runs scored, so their bottom 10 team in runs scored, is because we, all, we always knew they're not a batting average team, but they're not hitting the extra, they're not hitting home runs and extra base hits to score those runs. So the offense overall, quarter of the way through the season, we've seen spurts of it. Giancarlo was super hot. Judge obviously just hit four home runs. Gary hit a home run, two home runs, or one or two home runs this weekend where he got robbed of a home run. But collectively as a unit, his is still bad. Yeah. Again, we've seen some some of the team coming out of it, I think, in May. April was was just that bad too, where they're gonna sink a lot of these numbers. But for the most part, like you said, the offense around the league is uh, is down, or you could flip it the other way and just say pitching is significantly up. The, the reason why is, you know, a lot of things you guys were talking about, the ball, uh, the fact that they're able to move the ball more, it's, it's you know, there's just that many more specialty guys. Again, I was listening to some of the Orioles broadcast uh, talk about Talk about just the specialty in baseball and how the pitchers are that much more ahead of of where the pitchers uh, of where the batters are. They have more analytics available to them and and really can control situations a heck of a lot more than batters can. Um, and that's all true. It is true. When you look at how they train, there it, there are a lot of things that pitchers can do that batters cannot because they don't know what's coming. Uh, well, unless you're Houston Astros 2017, 18, and 19. But the the pitchers the have that amazing much. Amazing thing is that the Astros have that are, much of an advantage. The Astros are baseball's best offense this year. Yeah. So maybe they know again. Maybe they do. I, I, I'm not uh, legitimately, I'm not ruling it out because they're, they're, they're that scummy of a team. But what, what, what's extra annoying about them cheating is that like, w- they're already a freakishly talented offensive team. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's one of the, the, the great uh, 
confusions of that whole thing. Like they're already good, very good. You could say yeah. that a lot, a lot about steroids too, though. A Rod yeah. didn't need steroids. Right, right. <laughs> but then when you do it, and it makes you that much better. So yeah, you win World Series. On the flip side, though, takeaways quarterway through the season, the pitching has carried this team. The uh, and I think the biggest takeaway is that the roles are a little bit reversed. And we've kind of mentioned this on episodes using our eye test. But the Yankees, as far as innings pitched go, uh, where is it? They are Their starters rank fifth in innings pitched while they're... Uh, wait, do I have that right? Sorry. <laughs> Yankees bullpen ranked in fifth. Okay. Their, their starters, starters ranked, ranked bottom eight, 22nd. Right now, the Yankees starters rank eighth in innings pitched and their bullpen 18th in innings pitched. That's a role reversal because since 2018, prior to this year, the Yankees bullpen ranked fifth and their starters ranked 22nd. So the the roles have reversed. The starters didn't pitch a lot of innings. The bullpen was carrying the load. Now we're starting to see the starters carry more of the load. We've mentioned this with Boone pushing starters here and there. Herman getting it the seventh inning last weekend. Kluber getting pushed deeper into games. We've seen it anecdotally, but it does actually come out in the stats, in the leaderboards, right there, innings pitched. The roles are reversed, and I think that's the biggest takeaway so far as far as the pitching staff goes. Do you think any part of this has to do with them identifying what's happening with the offense across the league this year and saying, okay, maybe the third time through the success rate this year so far has not been what it had been in the past? And they're not get the, the damage is not happening like it was in 2020, 2019, 2018. But so so we have a little bit more of a, a leeway with our starting pitching. I'm wondering if any analytics are saying this because you know when when you're looking at this, you're seeing Boone push these guys the the extra inning, the the extra inning and a half, the two innings that we're just not used to doing. And also knowing that how how analytical this team is and how deep they they you know, they rely on these analytics. Something's got to be telling them that third time through, this is not as much of a risk as it had been in the past. You're absolutely right. Because the Yankees would not make this decision solely on the fact that it hasn't worked for us the past three years. So we're going to try something different because they're stubborn. They they believe that their, their, their process, you know, Brian Cashman likes to talk about the process. They believe in their process, so they're not going to change just because something hasn't been working if they believe it's the right process. So you're probably right. There's probably deeper analytics that say you can get more value out of your starting pitchers by pushing them deeper than you could in the 18, 19, 20 years. You know, the, the one person Fine. we don't talk I don't care. about. I, don't, I really don't care why. I'm no, happy I'm curious. I'd like to know. I would like to know why why that shift has has happened, why that has flipped, because the bullpen's been very good too. And you know, maybe yep. that's a maybe that is a cause and effect for the amount of pitching that they've done, for the amount of innings that they've they've thrown, because they haven't had as much pressure on their arms, because the starting pitching has taken a little bit of that pressure off of them, gotten deeper into games. The you know they're they're just not um, being relied on as, as much. One one person that we haven't really given that much credit to, or really said his name in any serious way, is the pitching coach Matt Blake. Is, we finally is, saw his face on the broadcast on Saturday night. Did you see that? Oh, you weren't watching? Yes. No, that was my that was Mike Harkey. No, no, no. I they, love watching Mike Harkey walk out, walk you know, walk so, out to the mound. By the way, Bob, were you watching? Yes, on Saturday night. 
I was not. I wasn't okay. here. They uh, Matt Blake was with Michael K and single and Kenny Singleton for an entire In the booth. Meeting. Oh, cool. Well, no, he was home because he, he tested positive for COVID. But right. um, he had in the a booth. Nobody's in the booth. He had a camera on him, and he was just there. I think it was for the fourth inning the entire time, and <gasps> we saw his face. He's not a robot, so uh, he didn't really say anything too groundbreaking. But saw what he looked like. <laughs> I've seen what he looks like. It's I, I just don't know what he does. I really have no idea what he does. Does They're the really voice just, match talks the face? Yeah. Does, does the, the voice, voice match, match the, the face? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know he's not an ex-pitcher. <laughs> he sounds like a JV high school coach. Yeah. So, but hey, you can't criticize the the results so far. Yankees starting pitching, fifth in fifth in war, seventh in ERA, eighth in FIP, and like I said, eighth in innings pitched. And the bullpen, first in war, third in ERA, second in FIP, 18th in innings pitched. Normally the Yankees bullpen racked up so much war because they were out there every freaking inning. And the more innings you pitch, the more opportunity you have to provide value. But the fact that they're 18th innings, innings pitch and first in war shows you that they're out there less, but they're dominating. I think that this entire thing has nothing to do with Matt Blake. And I think that um, Garrett Cole is actually the one leading <laughs> He's the, pitching the coach. conversations He's the in the pitching pitcher. rooms. Yeah, no, I, I guarantee Garrett Cole is leading these conversations. Kluber's sitting there like nodding in, a, in nodding in, you know, approval. Not saying anything, but nodding in approval, uh, just agreeing with everything that that Cole says. Cole just seems like he he takes every single one of these guys aside and coaches them up. I feel the like he does arms that. too. Everybody, everybody just goes to Garrett. Well, then you know what? He's underpaid. <laughs> That's fine. Great. I think the man is just million a, is he's, not he's enough if he's doing actually coaching up all of the arms. He's coaching up the pitching coach. He's coaching. He's telling the pitching coach what to do. Well, I can't wait for Garrett Cole to get his hands on Luis Severino then because Severino is ramping up and he's faced a group of live hitters, including Jason Dominguez, the next Yankees superstar, hopefully. And I, I do like, though, that the report is that he could be back anywhere from June to August. I mean, facing live batters right now in May, uh, throwing up to 96 miles per hour, that's that's encouraging. It really is. This is much earlier than I expected anything to hear about him throwing at full you know, at full blow, uh, especially against against hitting, especially Jason Dominguez, but, who's you know the how, highest possession. Do we know how many pitches he threw? I, I mean, does it really matter? Probably not that many. But at the same, like if you're ramping up to 96 and you're throwing to uh, you know to guys that are looking to get reps, re real reps, to me that's a very very positive sign right now. And he's apparently feels feels very good. They're talking about him on the broadcast, feeling good, throwing. 96 on May 16th. Okay. So I've been talking, Simon, who we had on to talk about load management a couple of weeks ago, I've been mm -hmm. talking to him in DMs about coming back on closer to when Severino comes back to what it's, you know, a guy recovering from Tommy John surgery and the process there. So I'm curious what he says, because in my, my guess is that ramping up to 96 is not the thing. It's, it's the number of pitches in the workload that he needs to build up his arm strength, right? So like maybe he threw 10 pitches. Like seriously, he could have only thrown 10 pitches. And then next week he throws 20 pitches. So it's, it's like small baby steps up oh, for until, sure. until you're ready to go every five days for 80 to 100 pitches. We're, we're still far away from that. No, I know. But in in when we're talking about May, him facing live batters, I, I, I just wasn't expecting to hear that type of report, to be honest. It's 14 and months I, since surgery. 
I know. And I think when we're, um, when we're, we're talking about that recovery, yeah, fastballs are probably the easiest thing to do. It's, it's more, you know, f- having the feel for the off-speed stuff, being able to snap it off in the, in the, in the same way. I think more so like the pitching elements of pitching are probably the ones that, that take the longest to come back rather than the actual arm strength, I would assume. Yeah, probably. And and so I, I was talking about this on on Twitter. <laughs> unless they unless they take it from uh unless they take that tendon from the from the ass and he was just doing squats. Who were we talking about? Where we were doing Tommy John and they take that tendon from from their ass and they were just doing squats all day. I don't remember, but I, I remember the conversation. <laughs> we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't remember who the pitcher was. That's got to be a strong tendon, though, right? Your ass tendons. What if this new? I got. What if this new training, Bob? You're gonna like this one. What if there's a new? What if there's just like a a a squat gimp, right? A squat gimp in the training room, and he's just got to get his ass (laughs) tendons so tight so that anytime anybody needs Tommy John surgery, they go to the gimp. Yeah, they they take the they take the ass tendon from from the squat gimp and just reload. (laughs) That's, That's a good yeah, idea. but you got you need you're gonna need a couple of them though, because like they, so each gimp can have two tendons, okay. So, but like then he's got to build that back up. So you're gonna need a stable of gimps. It's just a couple. You don't know, this Tommy John's not that. I mean, you only use the gimp for like the the top notch guys, like the Severinos of the world. It's good <laughs> everyone idea. else, it's good, everyone good else, idea. everyone else gets normal normal tendons. Not yeah, not they, they, yeah, not the squat gimp, cadaver or animal prosthetic, whatever. The GIMP is only for special occasions. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area, and it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. So this will dovetail nicely into Bob's segment, but I was talking on Twitter about when Severino does come back, who would be the odd man out in the rotation. And and right now, it probably would be Jamison Tyon. A lot will change before Luis Severino comes back. I know Montgomery stunk on Sunday afternoon, but he was coming off his best start this season. Herman's been very consistently good. I don't think they're taking Kluber out of the rotation because of his veteran status and contract situation. And Garrett Cole's the best pitcher on the planet. If you want to say DeGrom's better than him, whatever. You get my point. Okay, Bob, take it away on your segment and what happened and what you did. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do, Bob? Friday. Was that Friday or Thursday? I don't even remember when. That was was Thursday. That was Thursday night. All right. I'll take you through the night. Thursday night. I think it's the bottom of the third against the Rays. Tyone gives up a two run bomb against Meadows, scores 4 0 Rays. You know, an impulsive tweet. You know, I got, I had the Twitter fingers. I was like, all right. I tweeted, can we accept that Tyone is not good? Question mark. And that tweet absolutely blew up. I mean, it was, I've made a couple of mistakes with this tweet. The first one being, I didn't clarify that this was me because then people were giving you guys shit or just the show shit. And that's just like BS because it was my tweet and I should have clarified. But I also screwed up the intent. The intent and the actuality were just drastically different. My intent was to have a tweet to see like where everyone was sort of standing with Tyone. And it turned out I ended up bashing him. The word choice was just terrible. I'm going to own the tweet. I I mean, I got to own the fact that I think Tyone's shit. But (laughs) I I definitely want to bring it up here to see what you guys actually think. I mean, to this point, he's had a shaky start. He's shown some positives, some flashes. And to be fair, obviously, he's coming back from Tommy John. So he's still getting his feel back. But with that said, he's allowed less than th- three runs only three times out of his seven starts and has only made about, or he, and has only made it past the fifth once out of all yeah. seven games. And that was expected as well. But the season's so, long, obviously. The potential is there. And I'm going to leave the floor to you guys to say what you guys. Real quick, what is the tweet up to as far as likes, retweets, and replies? All right, so right now, 957 likes, 45 retweets, 37 quote tweets. Oh, now I got to scroll all the way down to find the comments. There's over like, there's around like 250 like, comments. Yeah, so and a should, lot that were, there was a lot that were for and a lot that were against, but yeah, it was split. It, it was split, yeah. and and it's it's an interesting. You kind of stumbled into ass backwards, uh, an interesting yeah. topic, yeah. and it's Jamison Tyon so far. In seven starts, thirty three innings, he's got a five point four zero ERA. Awful. Like anyone who's ever followed baseball for one day or a hundred days or a hundred years knows a five forty ERA sucks. But his expected ERA is three. He's got a four point four seven FIP. That's also not very good. But a three point five eight expected FIP. This gets to the eye test versus the nerd test situation. His expected stats are much, much better than his actual stats so far this year. He's got an 11.6 strikeout per nine rate. That's excellent. 2.16 walks per nine. Eh, That's okay. 
and then a 2.16 home runs per nine. That's terrible. So we've got a situation with Tyon where he's clearly got the stuff because he's striking people out. And that's why you see his FIP, his expected FIP and his expected ERA much lower than his actuals. But then when he misses and he gets hit, he's getting crushed. It's going out of the park. So it's a real, it's a real difficult analysis that we have so far this season on Tyon. I do not think he sucks. Okay. I'm not in the, this guy sucks camp. I'm firmly in the, he's progressing and I think they have something here, but I'm not going to say he's been good. And it annoys me when some of these advanced metrics people just completely ignore 540 ERA and the fact that he can't get through the fifth inning. And every time he leaves the ball up, it leaves the park and just only looks as, as it, at his expected stats. Eventually, you got to look at the scoreboard. So I think one of the things for him, I think the the biggest number that I uh, took away from from those uh, from those stats is the the two point one six home runs per nine. So he's he's getting snake bit when when he's leaving this the ball he's leaving balls up in, in, in uh, times that are not opportune, right? Like he's not getting away with it. Uh, there, he's clearly le- he's missing the zone in opportunities when guys are looking for uh, whatever he's throwing and they're taking advantage of it. I think that. To me, when I see a guy that does that, that gives me, you know, some hope that, and, and I think there's a lot of promise there. And if he can limit the the opportunities, obviously, when this is easier said than done, but limit the ball going out of the park, limit those opportunities, those misses at, at, at you know, uh, those those moments, then I think we're going to start to see, you know, his regular numbers get a lot lower and and really start to um, even much closer to to all of these. Uh, you know, these advanced stats. So I, I think that he's got to limit the home runs, like to be plain and simple. He's not the type of guy who can go out there. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, like these guys give up home runs when they miss. They do it, but they don't give up. Um, they limit that damage. They 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 use the opportunities when there's nobody on base or, you know, they'll they'll take they'll take certain risks at certain times. They but they don't miss in other opportunities when there's two runners on, three runners on, or whatever it is. I think that he is going to be um, he's got to, he's still learning how to pitch again, one with new mechanics. And I think that he's got to get that confidence back so that he's able to limit the big damage, the big productive innings that the other team's happening. And I think that's coming. I think that's one of these just pro- trust the process type things, uh, that, that he'll get to, because you're right. His stuff is good. His whiff percentage is there. He's getting swings and misses like to the eye test. His stuff looks good. He's got a uh, good movement. So I'm I'm still very hopeful for him, to be honest. And he doesn't need to be great. He needs to be a number four pitcher. Well, you you know, you compared to how Garrett Cole gave up a lot of home runs. I'm assuming you meant last year, but he gave up a half a home run less per nine innings than than Tyon's currently giving up. Like, and that was still a lot for Garrett Cole. They're no longer two. I'm saying that there are very, very successful pitchers in baseball, was my point, that give up a lot of home runs. Yeah. But they don't give up big home runs, usually. There are a lot of these, the home runs that they give up. One probably don't have that many people on base, uh, and they were being aggressive in that moment where they, it was a calculated uh, it was a calculated move, a lot of the time. And Tyone, Tyone is like one of these guys that Yankees fans, in particular Yankees Twitter, has just gotten behind, and you know because of the cancer recovery and the two Tommy John surgeries, like he's a feel good story, and that totally makes sense. So that might also be clouding some of the judgment as we're looking at it. But I think right now, like getting back to the question I posed at the top, say Luis Severino was coming back right now and he was going to be a starting pitcher. 
who comes out of the rotation. I mean, if it's right now, it's a tough situation because I think Herman has also shown that he's he's able to come out of the bullpen too. So someone's going to have to shift to the bullpen. Um, Herman has been Herman's been very good. I'm not saying I'm not saying that, that is the case. I'm just showing an argument for a, a guy that has shown bullpen success. I mean, shit, Luis Severino has also shown bullpen success. So uh, I think I, I had mentioned this somewhere. I don't remember when before the season. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if he came back in the bullpen, if the rotation was going well, would not surprise me at, at, at some point if that were the case. I think I was thinking that could be a, more, a higher possibility if he came back later in the season. I don't think that's going to be the case right now. I think he's coming back to be a starting pitcher right now. He's throwing you know 96 miles an hour to uh, to Jason Dominguez on May 16th or May 15th, whenever it was. That's positive to me and, and leads me to believe that he's going to be a starting pitcher. So yeah, it's going to be, if Tyone doesn't shape it up, uh, you know, there, there's opportunities for for him to go. If you're looking at all these guys, Kluber's going nowhere. Obviously, um, I don't think Montgomery's going anywhere. Uh, so you're looking at Tyone or uh, Domingo Herman. Yeah. Jury's still out, obviously, on, on Tyone. And if his if his actuals get too close to his expected, then we're looking at a great pitcher. But they haven't so far. And that might be only 33 innings. And that, that could just be a sample thing. Or it could be just because he's getting hit hard when he's getting hit and that that might just be how he pitches and then guess what he's going to have these these differing stats and you're going to look at it and you have to use your eyes to understand yeah he strikes out nine in a game but he gives up two home runs and it's a two run and a three run home run you can't so, great the nine strikeouts are great bit. he gets snake bit but, too often he's got to cut those moments out he's got to limit those opportunities for the other team to get to to get you know a, a bunch on him he's he's yeah. got to limit those opportunities so now, Bob, you're in a sticky situation because you're take committed. And it's like, do you want yeah. Tyon to pitch better? And then you're just going to have to eat shit oh, on that one? 100%. Or, I, I'm re- okay. That, or do you want to be that, right? Because sometimes being right is more fun. I mean, yeah, like if he's not if cynical, I'm right, I'll be like, like I, no, if, I, if, if I'm right, I'll be like, oh, I called it. But like the thing <laughs> you'll, is, but you'll do I, that from your personal account, right? <laughs> yeah. So that, 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 that time I'll do it from my personal account. But I, the thing is, like the tweet, the tweet came off in such a negative, harsh way, and like oh, yeah, that, I'm usually not that type of fan. So I thought I was tweeting. Everybody thought Andrew was probably, tweeting. There's no doubt. Probably. So <laughs> I wasn't even on Twitter that night. I was feeding my son, and all yeah, of a sudden, pretty, I get a message from Bob being like, "Sorry, yeah. guys. Like, what did within, you do?" Within within five minutes, I'm like, "All right, this isn't good." <laughs> I, this is going to be a shit show <laughs> for the next like 24 hours. Oh, and then it just, man. the comments started raining in. But Okay. Well, let's move on to mailbag questions. I will read the first one. We'll, we'll tag team these mailbag questions. So we're not just all reading, reading, uh, having Bob read everything. The first one's from Chris. This team has started a trend of not finishing series off when they have a chance, chance for the sweep. They lost the last game of the Indian series, Astro series, Rays, and now the last Orioles. Just seems like they don't have their killer mentality. It just adds to the list of things that this team doesn't do well, that elite teams usually do well. And I do, I, I mean, you can't complain about series wins, but he is right. They have had a lot of chances to sweep and then they lose on getaway day. I mean, okay, but a regular season sweep doesn't do anything. I mean, yeah, it's a win. That's, that's, where, that's where it counts. I don't think it's it's part of like the killer mentality of sweeping the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I don't I don't really add, that doesn't add up to me. Um, it's hard to have a killer mentality series. when your starting pitcher gets bombed out of the third inning. 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's one of those, and you just roll in a whole bunch of scrubs after. And they did have a killer just, mentality. They scored four runs in the first two innings, and Montgomery sucked today. So the offense yeah. comes out swinging. They get Montgomery a lead, and he he was terrible. So he was terrible, leaving the ball up, but you know, not commanding the zone, and and the Orioles were all over. It. And then they pretty much hit everybody else too. So no, I I don't really buy into that. There's too many of those opportunities as well. Like it's a long ass season for these guys. I don't think they're looking at every single one of those like closing games as like the killer mentality to sweep so and so. It's like I don't think it matters to them as much. It's they're just trying to win the game. All right, Scott, you want to read the long one? Yeah. Next one is uh, this is confusing. It's either it's Jacoby Ellsbury, but also in parentheses Jason Alexander. Oh, I don't understand that, but. Uh, hey guys, we need our to guy Jason Alexander, not George Costanza. Right, it's, I know, but I keep I cannot I cannot think anybody but George Costanza when I see that. So I see Jacoby Ellsbury, Jason Alexander, and George Costanza when I read that. <laughs> we need to discuss this team's horrific depth and roster construction. I write to you on a Friday evening with the news of Hicks uh, most likely needing surgery and Stanton having quad tightness, the horrible lack of depth on this team as a problem. When we talk about self-imposed. Fiscal restraint the Yankees impose on themselves. Most people talk about the blockbuster players the Yankees pass on, but I feel like there is a cheapness. Their cheapness shows when it's itself. When uh, in in fact on, on nights like that, when they have to watch this team with half of a lineup or or the minor leaguers hitting below 200, the Yankees need to look themselves in the mirror and realize that their injury history, philosophy of resting players, they need to invest 10 to 15 million dollars a year in having competent depth on this roster. Brett Gardner turns into Brett Gardner, Ford, Higgy, Wade, Frazier, all in the same lineup very quickly with this team. I love Voight, but he has injury history. And it's not okay that his replacement hits under 100 or worse. Boone uh, has to hit him in the five hole because there's nobody else. I write to you before we know what happens with Hicks and Stanton before the Orioles series, but I don't care if it's the O's in May. A championship caliber uh, team does not have five guys hitting below 200 in the lineup every single night. This needs to be addressed moving forward. The the roster construction has been something that I think we have fairly criticized Brian Cashman on this season. Yes. The roster construction is, is uh, strange. And then also, I got to tell you, that this Mike Talkman trade just gets weirder and weirder as the days go on. Peralta's Unders- performing, though. He is performing, but it just wasn't a, a, a large necessity for them to go out there and get another lefty it wasn't. reliever. It just it wasn't. wasn't. And and Talkman, maybe, you know, they either gave up on Talkman because they don't believe in what he can be as they did years ago. That had to be the case because they need another outfielder. They need another outfielder that can play multiple positions, and he was that guy. He's a lefty bat. He's a guy that has shown, you know, the Mike Trout ability within a month. He was the best Mike. Let's MT not even talk about that while. month. He he was off the charts offensively. He can play all out through all three outfield positions well. He runs the bases well, and he's a lefty bat. And if you're just going to hit him eighth or ninth, that's totally fine. Now, I, I feel like there's something else to that that we aren't quite understanding. I think they this to the this ha- trade. This happened. If you re- if you remember, this happened when like Glaber Torres was seriously getting questioned at shortstop, and they were like, "We need we need Tyler Wade up here, and someone needs to go, and it has to be Mike Talkman because he's the only one that doesn't have a spot playing because carrying five outfielders is just stupid for a roster." 
That's like a fantasy football lineup when you have a buy a couple bye weeks and you got to drop one of your starters because you're screwed or you take a zero for the, uh, the but that's, week, right? That's what happened. That's, that's what, what happened. happened. Well, I know when we were talking about this in the moment. The fact, first of all, the fact that they don't have a backup shortstop that's not named Tyler Wade is three hits. Is, you know their own doing. This is what they. This is exactly how they drew it up. They've out of necessity, Geo is over there playing shortstop. But yes, Tyler Wade not on the team for a little bit means you didn't have a clear backup, uh, a backup, a backup player at a very vital position that not many that no one else can play on the team. Besides now that we see Geo is is over there playing that position, but that was basically because they had to do it. They had to make that experiment happen. So yeah, the construction of the roster is very odd. Uh, you got Jay Bruce over at first base. You got you know with Voit out there. There were multiple first base has been such a question mark for such a long time until Voit came around. Um, but there's multiple, multiple things happening, uh, with, with the depth. I, I understand, I understand what, uh, Jacoby or Jason or George is saying. And it's, it's, a it's, it's strange when you think back to like how the front office identified this roster and be like, yep, this is the one this, this covers all the situations that we have here. You know, if so-and-so gets hurt, this is what we have. They obviously felt much better about Tyler Wade than, uh, than everybody else on the planet does. They also then picked up Odor, which we all love Odor, but he he kind of also just clogs up the roster. I think Odor was more of a you know an opportunity that they saw that they just wanted to take advantage. But he of. was added. It wasn't really a roster. It was a lefty bat that that was a lefty bat that was that was a, a, an available opportunity. They saw something in the in the metrics that said, "I like this guy. He can hit home runs for us. Let's go get him." For cheap. but he doesn't solve a roster problem. He actually not, creates no, not more with of a the defensive problem. positions. No, he does not. Yeah. So just very, it's very, it's very poor roster construction and management. And, and that, that's a hundred percent on Brian Cashman and, and his, and his department. It's just, you can't go into a season like they did. And, and it's, it bit them in the ass and maybe they ended up having to get rid of Talkman for something that they didn't want to. Peralta has been good. So at least he has that to fall back on, but yeah, it was super weird. And I, but, it, but they're again, stuck with Tyler thing, Wade. They're just stuck with Tyler Wade. Well, so that's, that's here's the thing. Brian Cashman has done this multiple times. He's 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 gotten the the defensive shortstop every, multiple times. We've seen this guy, Brendan Ryan, Hetcheveria. Like these guys came in. Brendan Ryan couldn't hit for shit, but he came out there when played defense. Like Tyler Wade fits the bill of the of the backup Brian Cashman shortstop. He does. They don't need to hit. No, Hetcheveria hit hit well for this team, but he was not. He's a defensive guy. He's not known for his bat. We saw, I think, probably peak Hetcheveria as far as offense in spurts. But that's not what they normally do. They they have a defensive guy that can come in and play shortstop at times. The problem is, is that Glaber has was was exposing himself at the position as well, and that made that uh, that the backup position to shortstop that much more significant. I think that was the bigger problem. And this is not Tyler Wade's fault, and it's really not the fault of Cashman. Actually, now that I think about it, it's that if you just stick Tyler Wade in the lineup on a night, fine. But then when the four guys ahead of him, like Jason says, are all hitting 200 or worse, then it it looks even worse. It's like you got Clint Frazier hitting 180. You got Brett Gardner hitting 140. You got Sanchez hitting 200. You got... So it's so just... It, it, it looks so much worse than maybe it... They thought there was, it was There was a time when we saw the backup shortstop and he was a defensive guy and we knew that and nobody had a problem with it. Right. Because we knew that's that's exactly what they do. And that was that was a, you know, a, a pretty consistent... You see that around the league, like these guys, 
these guys have jobs for that reason because they can play defense and come in late in games and give a, a night off and you're not going to worry about you know the ground balls that go over to the shortstop. Okay, Bob, what's the last question? The last one is from Greg. He said, would you trade Jason Dominguez for Max Scherzer knowing you could lock him up for two additional years? Scott? Two additional years? Three years of Max Scherzer. Jesus Christ. That's a long time of Max Scherzer. If you have Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer, you're winning a championship. Like you have a, a much higher percentage of winning a championship. Uh, Jason Dominguez, we, he's never played a baseball game. <laughs> on, on But he the, has faced Luis Severino. The United States. But he has faced Luis Severino. Do we know what he did against that? Do, do we know what he did in those 10 pitches? Because that might hinge this decision. I would have a really hard time passing up like the money's going to be dumb. Take the money out of the out of the question of this, this with this question. It's a really good question. If if he's controlled for that for that long, that's the only way you do anything, and you give up probably anybody for a three years of Max Scherzer. To be honest, how old is he now? Uh, I don't know. Bob. He hasn't Quick. slowed down one Can bit. You look that up. No, he's filthy. Uh, that's why 36. when we talk, thirty six. Thirty six. Yes. Yeah. I'm not paying Jason Dominguez for Max Scherzer getting into 39. No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing it. So I, I'm not doing the trade, but I'm trading for Max Scherzer, and I'm trading every other person in the minor league organization not named Jason Dominguez. I'm like, okay, Washington, you can take five of anyone, pick not named Jason. It's Dominguez. not a. It's not a add more players to make it better. It, it's, Why they could take their it, next because they could take all, their two, three, four, five prospects. You're saying if they eat the money. What do you mean? Washington would have to eat the money. There's no contract. He's a free agent after this year. I understand that, but the second half of the contract for this year does that not? Yeah, put the you take the, the money on. Don't be cheap. I mean, they. I mean, he's one of the richest owners in the league. So, um, the, the, if they could get under the luxury tax, if that if that's an opportunity, then then it, it's possible. But that's the biggest thing. The Yankees are not going to pay money to put themselves over the luxury tax. They've, so they've they're shown gonna, they're not going to go over the luxury they've, tax to to make themselves the World Series favorites because I think that would make themselves the World Series favorites. I, I they have they've proved that they will not do that. Right? I mean, yeah, tell I mean, me, this show is, me something this that is says that they have not done, they've done that. This is fantasy land because Dominguez is off 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 limits. Look, I don't even know how you include Dominguez in a trade. Like you said he's never played a professional baseball game. He's 17 years old. Is he even 18 years old yet? Like he's so yeah, I think he is. There's so much Time. He's younger than me, which is ridiculous. <laughs> There's so much time, and he's like six of you. It's like he ate six of you. That's how small yeah, he yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so, like one of his legs. <laughs> There's so much time before J- Jason Dominguez. Like he's got to go through so many steps. He's got to play. He's got to play high A ball. He's got to go to double A. He's got to go to triple A. Like 2024 is like best no. case scenario. No, 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 no. He's gonna he's gonna go faster through the through the organization. Look at guys like Juan Soto. Was Juan Soto nineteen years old? Yes, he's, but he's, the Yankees slow play prospects. Not they haven't had a they haven't had a Jason Dominguez. He's eighteen years old. He just turned eight. He's born in two thousand three. Jesus. So he's he's in. He's gonna play um, February. Where they have him? They have him at Low A right. They have him in Tampa. No. They, Probably yeah, but just he's purely ex, to control exp- everything he's it's doing. It's extended spring training right now. He yeah. has he's not playing games. I, I thought I had saw at some point that he was reporting up to um, to Westchester, but uh, that was clearly okay. wrong. At I, I some point, so that. he will he will by the end of this year he will play high A ball. 
Okay. He's not going to, I don't expect him to be ahead of high A ball this year. Next year, he might start. It's, it would be, it, look, him playing high A ball this year would be, would be fast. Well, okay. They're not even in there. So, well, because in the past, there's like two versions of low A ball if you're, and now can, those are gone. Can you let me finish that? So, yeah, 2022, go, yeah, 2022, double A. He starts in double A. Okay. Right. Best case okay. scenario. Double A has been labeled the hardest jump for a player because there's the talent between A and double A is the biggest jump, actually. Like everyone would think it's the majors, but that double A jump is very difficult for a lot of players. So expect him to be in double A for at least half a season. And then he could get triple A the second half of 2020. That means he finished 2022 in triple A. I said 2020, I meant 2022. Finished uh, double A. Very confusing. 2022. He might get a a big league spring training invite in 2023. Okay, I bet he gets a big league spring league uh, spring training invite next year. That would be surprising. He's that a would man be, child. He is a man child. That would be something. If he gets a big league invite in 2022, then we will see him by 2023. Everybody wants to see it. I, so you mentioned that in 2022, let's say he's in Double A. If he shows that he can play in double A, you just said it. It's one of the biggest jumps. Like multiple people have said this. If he could do that, he's going to fly through triple A. He's going to fly through. And again, if there is a need in center field, if there is a need in that outfield at that moment, they're going to see what he can do. Well, Aaron Hicks is signed through guaranteed money through 2025. They will just, he will just go away at some point. How bad is that contract? My God, I know he's only making 10 million a year. But you signed an injury-prone player who was injured in his twenties. It was opportunistic. I mean, if they waited, they would have sold. It was. If you look at the total value of the contract, it was you know it wasn't that big of a risk. The years look bad, but okay. So it. final verdict: I am not trading Dominguez for Scherzer. You are not trading. If this Dominguez was two years ago, I, if thirty-six years old, hell no. If this was two years ago, I would absolutely contemplate that. Bob, are you and trading thirty-four? Are you making that? Definitely not. I'm. I'm okay. excited to watch Jason Dominguez. Play for the Yankees. In, would when you he, get, whenever he does. Let me rephrase the question for you, Bob. If if the if you could if I could guarantee you two Yankees World Series championships uh this year and next year, um, and you have to give up Jason Dominguez, do you do that? I do. Yeah, I mean you kind of have to. Two worlds two world two, series. That, yes. That's I mean shit. Two, they have Mark, Matt Scherzer series, and yes. Garrett Cole. That's a pretty pretty good but that's not good it's not it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed, but it's a pretty good opportunity. I'm just two saying that's, what you're, series, that's yes. what you're giving up for. Yeah. You're giving up for that. Okay. If you can win back to back World Series, which has not happened since you did it in the nineties, yes, you do that for Jason Dominguez. I'm just saying Sorry. That's, but that's the reason you're doing yeah. it. You have a you have Scherzer and Cole leading you the next two years. There's a good opportunity you're going to be right there but i'm trading for this year i'll rent max scherzer for a year and trade whatever prospects not named dominguez because i think if you you could win a world series this year all right that's gonna wrap it up for today we got a couple voicemails that will be tacked on here to the end thank you guys for submitting to the voicemail line i always love hearing hearing it the yanks are playing better so people aren't as fired up which is always disappointing but you can get fired up in a happy way call up call up with happy thoughts they don't always have to be sad thoughts 646-480-0342. 646-480-0342. Scott, would you like to say anything? No, I'm just happy they're winning series. So we're going to continue that continue that train. That's the name of the game. Just keep winning series. I don't even care if they win the last game. As long as they win two of three. 
All right, Bob, watch out for those Twitter people. They get me. We'll talk to you guys later. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.